0: Because ultimately, moving to L.A., it wasn't to work full time, like nine to five somewhere. It was to work with bigger brands and, you know, produce and stuff like that. So I was grateful for what it provided, but I was ready to jump. I prepared Mm -hmm. for it. I saved and everything. And I did say to myself, like, am I crazy to quit a job (laughs) during a pandemic? I was like, I'm crazy. But I saved for it. Yeah. I was like well here let's try and I was like don't have kids yet you know this is the time my mom was like you know when you don't have kids you can be broke it's okay you can eat peanut it's, butter and jelly sandwiches You, you can know eat what? and, what? <laughs> and she
1: was like tell yeah. your mom to adopt me
0: yeah she was like that's when you do it she's like because when you have kids that's when you're like oh can't quit that job can't, can't do that she was like but you can be broke She's like it's okay <laughs> so I was like you heard mama go out here I'm gonna do it so <laughs> I did it
1: I'm Nisa. And I'm Tabari. The husband and wife duo behind Ginger and Carrot
2: Productions. A creative agency telling captivating stories about food and culture.
1: Food is life. It's history, culture, it's nourishment.
2: But most importantly, it's delicious. In this podcast, we're cutting it up with our friends in the industry who feel the same way.
1: So join us for the most epic conversation about food you're going to hear today. <laughs> Okay, hold on, hold on, hold Okay, really quick, I just want to let y'all know that Ginger and Carrot Productions is accepting photography and videography clients. So if you have an epic food story that you want to tell for your brand, your restaurants, your platform, then go to gingerandcarrot.com, fill out that intake form, and let's get started. Let's start the conversation. So I cannot wait to hear from you. All right, back to the episode.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Pitch Your Authenticity podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Chef Rose Claire Marie. He's a food stylist and culinary producer out here in LA with over 10 years of experience. She's worked with all the big name brands, you know, Coca-Cola, Food Network, Whole Foods, just You know, it's just the regular people. Light work. Light work. (laughs) You know, standard stuff. And really excited to talk to you today to learn more about food styling and being a culinary producer. Yeah. How are you today?
0: Good, I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, of course. Excited to chat with you guys. I am so
1: excited because I feel like every photographer, maybe I can only speak for myself, Mm -hmm. we all want to work with amazing teams. we mm-hmm. all want to be able to bring more people on to take the work to the next level so mm-hmm. that we can just focus on the creative. How tell me about
0: your journey
1: oh, she's wearing <laughs> <back, this is laughs> nice <laughs>
0: Okay okay so my journey into culinary producing and food styling starts I would say 2012. I went to culinary school. So let me back up a little bit. So I went to North Carolina A&T for my bachelor's degree. So this was kind of a career switch for me. So I went to culinary school at like 26 years old mm. or, or 28, something like that. Um because when I graduated from A T with my master's degree, it was right into the recession. Mm. So I had this art degree, and I'm from the D.M.V. DC, Maryland, Virginia area, which is uh, very uh, government based. So I had this graphics degree in a kind of government city during a recession. I struggled to find, you know, um, job and employment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always loved to cook. Always watched Food Network, and I always had a passion for food, but never thought of it as a career. But you know, when you struggle and you're trying to find your way it makes you sit back and think, what do I do enjoy? And I was like, well, I love to cook. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll be a personal chef. And, you know, talk to mom, always got to run it past mom. What do you think? No matter how old you are, you know, run it past mom. What do you think, mom? (laughs) And she was like, do it, honey. You know, you're young, you don't have any children yet. This is the time to like jump out there, you know, jump out there and try. And she's like, I think you'll be great, do it. So I got the thumbs up from mom. And I decided, okay, I'm gonna do it. So I went to culinary school. I went to Little Cordon Bleu in Atlanta, mm. and once I did that, I started immediately personal chefing. Now, this whole time, I was always aware of food styling and uh, that food media world, but I knew it was going to be hard to break into. So, I used personal chefing as okay, this is going to be my bread and butter. This is going to be like my my day to day money. But I know I'm going to have to like work my way in because it's it's um it's a very tough field to get into. And being a young black woman, I knew it was going to be even harder. The field is um, predominantly older white women. They dominate the field. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So let's see. So personal shift. Um, I took an internship in New York. Uh, it was like a 30-day internship at a food media company called Seafood Media. Um, and really, I was just eyes, shadow. I just shadow, shadowed, watched what they do, Um And that was a great experience. Came back to Atlanta and I got signed to an agency as a junior food stylist. So I worked as a junior food stylist and I worked uh, pretty much hand in hand with a lead stylist who was styling for Olive Garden and Red Lobster. So immediately out the gate as an assistant, I was on big name, you know, brands. Yes. Red Lobster, Olive Garden. Um, And I would say starting out styling for brands like that, commercial brands, you have to style very um, uh, particular and very like to the point uh, as far as like if it's um, four ounces of broccoli, it has to be four ounces of broccoli Mm -hmm. because that's a chain, right? So it has to be the same in Texas as in New York. And we would have the clients there on set. So learning how to style in a very rigid, um, what's the word I'm trying to find? Like Like very it's very strict I would say it made me a stronger food stylist, not only because I had a culinary background that makes you a strong food stylist because you understand food. Sorry, guys. You understand food, you you understand how to manipulate it and what's going to happen when the, the food is sitting under lights for a long time. And because you understand that, you understand how to communicate that with the photographer or the director. Like, hey, you want this shot? We got to get it in X amount of time because this is going to oxidize. This is going to wilt. This is going to look brown. So that culinary experience helps you with that knowledge and that communication. Mm. But yes, styling, those big brands like that, that's very strict. You have to style very neat, very perfect. It's not that sexy, sloppy look that you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that very- That's um, our, style. Style. our
2: style. Yeah, sexy, sloppy.
0: <laughs> and I don't mean to say slop, sloppy. I that you know, is, no, but that no, it literally actually, is it.
1: That yeah, is actually the
0: sloppy. term. Because <laughs> sloppy is a negative word. So I should say um, loose. That sexy loose um, homes homey feel, which yeah. I love to style of that. Um, I'm grateful that I started out in a more yeah. res- restricted way because it's easy to loosen up your food styling. Yeah. But if you learn the other way around and you it's learn in a more it's up. hard to go back and tighten up and be really precise and really perfect and get yeah. the droplets and stuff like that. So I'm very grateful that's how I started out on brands like that. Um, Atlanta is a big hub for Coca-Cola, Arby's, Cinnabon. And uh, the clients that we worked with, I guess they just flew in for um, Olive Garden and um, Red Lobster. But that was a great experience. I learned a lot. I built my kit. I still communicate with the lead stylist that she's like one of my best associates, best friends there. Um, And I reach out to her for questions about certain things still. So after that, um, I still was like private chefing or personal chefing. I ended up uh, being the... I guess you could say on-site chef for cooking, a kitchen design company. So that yeah. was like my bread and butter, got my health insurance, you know, all the good stuff that my yeah. Monday through Friday, but it was so lax and so great. When I would finish cooking lunch for the employees, I would be done for the day by like two o'clock. Um, so if I had another gig, or if I if I did have a food styling gig, I would just have another chef friend fill in for me at work, mm-hmm. go do the food styling gig because that's ultimately what I wanted to do. Right. I, I didn't want a private chef forever. Um, so it was just so flexible. It was such a great job I had in Atlanta that allowed me to um pursue food styling either um during the week or if it was a weekend gig. I started um food styling for whole foods in Atlanta as a lead stylist. Um so that was great. I was doing like the inserts or the the little coupon, the little magazine yes. thing that you pick up. So if it was a turkey or Um, the cheese or whatever and it's like it's three dollars and 59 cents and it's a picture there I was styling those so that was a great experience as being a lead stylist on my own whole foods you know I think back then it was like 650 a day like 650 a day in Atlanta was like
1: that's big money today in 2023 (laughs) with these egg prices
0: yes yes it was it was amazing you know Um, I loved it. So kept building and being uh, a loose stylist there and just building my website. You know, the best thing about like expediting your growth is not like fudging or lying, but you got to make yourself look like you're already that person. You know what I mean? So you can have, um, what's the phrase, Uh, imposter syndrome. A lot of us do. I still have it. So in that time of me growing as a food stylist, I had major imposter syndrome I knew I was an artist. I am an artist at heart. I knew I can make things beautiful, but there was still so much I still had to learn. Mm -hmm. So my husband, who's so opposite of that, he's just like, you know, this go-getter, very like strong, strong strong-minded. He's like, You, you are bomb, you are great. Let's do your website, let's take some headshots. He's a photographer. Mm -hmm. So I'm able Mm -hmm. to make my storefront look very good, right? So he made my website look great. I had all the good pictures. Whatever I tested or practiced at home, we would shoot it outside by the window. So I made myself on the website look the part. And then right. you slowly, <laughs> yeah, you slowly get clients that way because it's like, oh, shoot, sure. it looks like you already been doing this for years. And maybe I was doing it for two years. or so, you know, as an assistant, but they don't know that, right? You need to make yourself look the part so you can get those type of clients and then take a chance on you. And then that's how we just keep building clientele, clientele. And then I would also say being a Black woman food stylist, <clears throat> that um, helped in a way, yeah. right? Because if there was a Black brand- uh, They or just a black, wanted you. Or a Black chef, if you find out you have a Black food stylist, you're like, yes, please, because that's, that's <laughs> that- commonality and understanding is an unspoken, she's gonna know how to make this food. She's gonna know how this is supposed to look, you know, so that it kind of helps. So like when I did stuff for Coca-Cola, it was a Coca-Cola commercial or like, not commercial commercial you see on TV, but like a a, a kind of a demo thing with like Monica Mm -hmm. and Latoya Luckett. And Mm -hmm. it was like a holiday special with her cooking her fried chicken and her cooking her mac and cheese, but they would pair it with Coca-Cola. Right. So I was a food stylist for that shoot. So you see how like being a black food stylist, they're like, yeah, you're going to get booked, you know. Right. So that has helped a lot. Um, So did a lot of that. And then my husband and I moved to L.A. um, after 10 years in Atlanta and we moved to L.A. six years ago, five years ago, something like that. And um, I worked full time at a media company just to kind of get your feet grounded. Like it's a new city. Like I don't have any plugs and stuff yet. I don't have you know, um, my name out there. Yes. I was like, I, I I do need a full time for now, but at least it was a media company and it was food styling. And I did that for about two, three years, went into COVID. Um, they let mostly everybody go, but they kept me because my husband's a Yes. They kept me because my husband's a photographer in regards to the whole COVID thing. They didn't want to bring outside germs. So they're like, well, you two are married and live together. He's a photographer. He can shoot, And and film it, and you still do the recipe top down because it's uh, a top down recipes. So they set up a little top down um, recipe camera setup in our. I lived in a loft downtown at the time. They set that up, and we were shooting recipes. I was still working during the pandemic, which is great. Wow. Um, and then finally, like when we got back into the office, even though it was still very COVID times, I was ready to like jump the nest. And so I was like, thank you, and because ultimately moving to LA, it wasn't to work full time, like nine to five somewhere. It was to work with bigger brands and, you know, produce and stuff like that. So I was grateful for what it provided, but I was ready to jump. I prepared mm-hmm. for it. I saved and everything. And I did say to myself, like, am I crazy to quit a job <laughs> during a pandemic? I was like, I'm crazy, but I saved for it. And Yeah. I was like, well, here, let's try. And I was like, don't have kids yet, you know. This is the time. My mom was like, you know, when you don't have kids, you can be broke. It's okay. You can eat peanut that's, butter and jelly sandwiches. You, you can know eat what? And, little. Little. <laughs> what?
1: and she was dog like, dog. Tell yeah, your mom to adopt me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was like, that's when you do it. She's like, because when you have kids, that's when you're like, oh, can't quit that job. Can't, can't do that. She was like, but you can be broke. She's like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you right? I'm gonna go out here. I'm gonna do it. So <laughs> I mm. did it. It was great. Um, I mean, I'm still freelancing. I'm still independent. It's tough. You know, when it's great, it's great. When it's slow, it is scary. Like when it's slow, you still are like, hmm, a job sounds good right about now. You know, (laughs) Um, just because of that worry of like, when's the next check? When's the next check? And, you know, as freelancers, sometimes it's net 15, net 30 and all this stuff and holding on receipts and, reimbursements like all that that aspect of being a freelance is tough but the freedom and quality of life that comes with it how you get to slow down and be more present I do have a daughter now so I can be present for her and she's home with me and I, I'm not missing a lot from her first year of life because I you know work for myself right. so it's a it's a balance so I think I gave you a gist of just how we got here, uh, now what in LA,
1: I, I'm just like foaming at the mouth because, first, there's so much we can dig. Yeah, first of all, shout out to supportive
2: parents. Yes, what what that? The parents. my mom what is that? my
0: mom. I always say that she's one of the people, like, if I said, Mom, I want to be an astronaut, she'd be like, Okay, so where's the astronaut school? What, what school? <laughs> you're going to go, you know, get this astronaut degree in and she'd be like, let's go check it out. I remember at one point I was thinking of being a, um, a makeup artist or a hairstylist. This is that in between after college yeah. where I was like, what the hell? Cause I'm, like I said, really artsy. So I can do hair, I can do makeup. So I was like, well, maybe I'll do that as my side hustle. She went to, um, Evita school with me to do a, a, do do a, a tour. tour. Yeah. So my mom's just like, girl, you can always start over. So, uh, yeah. That shout out, just- shout out to my mom. That's incredible.
1: I love to hear that. I love to hear that because needless to say, I had the exact opposite experience Mm. and it's still made it still here, still creative, (laughs) but Holy crap. What a, what a character developing experience that was. Yeah. And so when I hear that, you know, other people didn't have that and it's like look how amazing they are (laughs) it's like it's so comforting to me and it's also validating too to like confirm like actually my experience really was trash and not normal because sometimes when you say things and everyone in the room has gone through that thing you wonder like well why am I so affected by it if it's Mm. so normal but (laughs) then when you confirm that it's not normal you're like that's why this is trash <laughs> this is not okay mm-hmm. like very validating and assuring yeah so I love to hear that but when talk to me about I love this topic of the pivot mm-hmm. love that this was a later I mean 20 yeah years old, but a lot yeah. of times people it's think early. you know because we started later like yeah. I had a whole career in yeah. a whole other industry before I finally gave my creative like creative pursuits and dreams, a real shot. Yeah. And I love that because I i wasn't ready for it before. I wasn't ready to like step in. I wasn't ready to introduce myself as a photographer, introduce myself yeah. as a business owner. If I was, I would have done that, you know? Uh-huh. But I love like, talk yeah. to, what about like, how did you feel about starting a little bit later than maybe some of those older folks that mm-hmm.
0: probably got started right out
1: I know.
0: Well, like now where I am now, um, I'm almost 40, I'll be 40 next year next year. I look back at the success that I've had and I was like, man, if only I would have started at 19. Of course,
1: it's always like a, it's always <laughs> you know, right <laughs> out of high school.
0: If I would have known this is what I wanted to do and missed all that first part of the struggle and did this at 19 and went to culinary school, I'd be even further along and further this. But that's that's kind of like Shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? But that's yeah, the definitely. that's the initial thing I think of like, damn, if only, if only. Um, well, but like at five, the... I
2: was 10. I yeah. Classes, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the time, like I said, I think I went to college school at 26. And like you said, that's still, in the spectrum of life, that's still very young. Yeah. But with how all of us grew up, it was very like high school, college, college degree, and you're going to have your career and get married and have the dog and two kids. And yeah. so when... I got the degree and no career. It was, it's definitely a depression waves over you. You feel like a loser and you have all this student loan debt. So it's like, I have all this debt. I'm not really passionate about it. I I did chose graphics degree because I knew I was into the arts. Yes. I didn't want to do fine arts because I don't have a skill like that. Like I'm not a painter or anything like that. And my mom was like, because this is what 2000 college was 2002 Mm -hmm. so she was just like well honey computers are the future so if you're an artist (laughs) we all got sold that dream (laughs) and that's what she said computers and and all that is the future and you feel like you're an artist graphics degree and and I was like that makes sense right so I wasn't it wasn't like in my heart I was a graphic artist my mom just was like Let's piece it
1: together. Yeah,
0: you're an artist, but you're not like a fine arts and computers is the future. So put it together. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. I can do some flyers, like graphic degree. I can make logos. Well,
1: understanding design, I bet, makes you a
0: killer food stylist. I thought about that too. You know, trying to make myself feel better that I'm paying all these student loans. And (laughs) like, (laughs) are you still still using it? I'm like, I'm still using it because in graphic design you learn typography yes you know you you understand um color conception and balance and all that stuff so yes it does work with food styling because in food styling you have to understand color and um spacing and how to achieve or not achieve but convey texture on the camera make make sure the camera's still reading what that food is supposed to convey right Mm. and so I feel like the background of my degree is still kind of following me in in the art world and the spatial and all that stuff. And I keep up my website, even though um, I use, um, what is it, Space?
1: Oh, square
0: space sorry yeah. all these different sites square space which is very like template driven but I'm, yeah. like, i still work on it myself and upload things and change things so i'm like i'm still using this degree i'm still using it's not a waste <laughs> oh my god it yeah, can it. never be a waste right yeah it's
2: cumulative
0: yeah yeah no, because been... yeah, outside of the actual education the four years in college, just the growth as a human, the friendship, the bonds, the, all that experience, it's all part of it. So right. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would say in regards to you asking me, how did I feel? I felt, it, it was like, you feel depression and kind of like, what the hell? Like I, the student loans, I did what I was supposed to do. I graduated high school, like 4.0, graduated college, magna cum laude. Like I was like, Doing all the things, the things. All the things on paper. And then I couldn't get a job. And then so to be feel forced to have to start over, that is that was a sad, kind of depressing thing. But I felt like fire underneath me, like, all right, you're 26, 27. If you're gonna do it, you need to make a decision now. So you're not gonna be 35, like, what am I doing? You know. Mm. Um, but then once I felt like I had the idea and I felt passionate about it and I was excited, then it was like, okay, cool, we're gonna I'm gonna roll with this. And I think it was the best decision. So, yeah. as far I love as a
2: pivot, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we would <laughs> talk about pivoting. I mean, <laughs> a little bit more about. I um, just myself, I guess, and us and photography is something I've always photography, videography, filmmaking. Something I've always been interested in. Always had a hand in. We had a lot of siblings, and my dad would do like the DVDs from Netflix, and we'd watch it. We'd pick movies, and we'd all watch movies, and we all like share it going up and i well, will share it with you now where she watches more movies and we watch movies together and we like have an hour or two talk about it,
0: unpacking <laughs> it, and, yeah. You know,
2: and I've tried little bits throughout my twenties to do photography and try stuff, but it, it was that I guess it's the imposter syndrome and then the lack of self-confidence. Mm. Cause it because creating comes from like you being confident or like not caring enough to let like, you just like, I'm gonna try anyway, if it doesn't work out. But that takes a certain level of I am not bucket fuck it, or a level of yeah. like whatever self belief Yeah, kinda of just like I'm gonna try anyway. And it wasn't really until my thirties and started to try more and more. And then when we met, we realized after dating for a while, we're like, Oh, you we do like on a photo walk and we're like, Oh, you
1: you're a pretty good doctor. You got your style, got my style, we got some
2: And then there is um I always credit them with really stepping us into into our photography and videography is Chilco Studios in mm-hmm. Atlanta.
0: Mm-hmm. They
2: do these monthly semi-regular uh meetups where they do like a it's like a portrait battle or if you come in a
0: Polaroid battle polar battle you yeah. come in and then
2: everybody has their cameras, there's all the equipment you can use. They have they're a really big studio, do a lot of a lot of stuff and interviews and whatnot. And they have models come out. So everybody comes out and they do photos and just start up. There's music and there's drinks and other stuff, but it wasn't until then where it was like 10 like five to 10 photographers trying to catch one model yeah. one, at one angle where you're like, You, and you see everybody's photo, and you're like, Oh, I do have a style, I have an eye. Yeah, you see, mm-hmm. when you, what is the comparison thing? Because, yeah. like, yes, comparison mm-hmm. is a theme of joy, but nothing really happens in a silo. So yeah. it wasn't until it started to be more around other people and we uh-huh. started that more and start to embody that. And then you kind of wake up and you start breathing it, and use this part of your identity becomes part of your identity because that's what yeah. you're what you're doing more often than not and what you're going mean, to get good at and then you start to have like valid opinions about certain things as you're like actually i have a lot to say about this stuff and here we are now we we pivoted i was in fast casual and, and food and you were in tech and we yeah pandemic of course everybody. i got
1: sold on those computer careers it worked for a minute there yeah. it sure did but
2: um Nisa was the one who convinced me that pivoting was a good idea that was possible.
1: Yeah, and I was going to go
2: in tech too. I was going to be like quality assurance. I was doing the test. I was, got pretty good at it. I was actually good at the, I was doing the training and whatnot. I was good at it. It, it. it worked for my brain. It was very like pragmatic yeah. and it makes sense for me. Um, then I had a, it was a, something that went on my computer where I couldn't like proceed any further. And that was like, I'm processing it now. I think that was another, that was one of those steps, one of those signs where, okay, this is going mm-hmm. point you in a direction. Either yeah. you're going to overcome this thing and like put more energy into this thing or it's time to like pivot because you're trying to pivot right now. Why don't you just pivot something that you really, really want to do? Yeah. And then same time you were doing the food blog. Yeah. And... literally
1: my mother-in-law was the only reader (laughs) she was the only one who would read the blog and then she would literally come to me in person and tell me what she thought of the article that I wrote and I was like it would be one thing if you saw that you had like one view on a video you'd be like this is worthless but when that one viewer is like giving you real-time feedback (laughs) it makes you feel like an audience of like a thousand people reading this blog every week and I was like I guess I have to do another article. <laughs> and I yeah. really messed up with this <laughs> for like two years. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah.
2: And so, yeah, I was trying to do film at the time. I got caught I was doing this whole thing, and the pandemic was, it gave me time. Well, not just time, but time and, and money. guilt-free time. Because guilt-free, because I've had time before. Sure, I had time where I was doing a thing, where I was just like kind of sitting around or
0: just doing whatever. But But, you feel guilty for doing nothing. Yeah, and
2: here I am faced with like the pandemic. And I'll never forget this. My dad called us. He called me like on a Sunday like noon. We just slept in whatever. Cause I'm still, I was like, we were just like, it's like June, nothing's going on. dude. And he's like, are you sleeping there? I'm like, the world is literally on pause. (laughs) I don't know if we're every night of this. What is, like what do you want me to do? Like I don't.
0: Right. I can go outside. Yeah, we live we live downtown. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> oh, you guys live downtown in LA? No, Atlanta. In Atlanta at oh, okay. that
1: time during the pandemic, and it was and I was still working, which was a good thing, mm-hmm. but it was they had laid a bunch of people off, so it was like the hardest I'd ever worked because all of a sudden oh, our yeah. work increased, yeah, and you're supposed to be grateful to just be there and. Yeah. You know, that was like back to back, like police involved killing. And I just watched, like, I was like, wow, none of y'all give a fuck. We're in here talking about, I just want to circle back and just make some strategic decisions. And I was like, how about you strategically address the fact that things is out here dying? And we're upset.
0: (laughs) And like and Not how it affects us. Everybody in here, yeah. I have a story. I can't believe you just said it because that literally happened to me. So it's pandemic lockdown. So you have your virtual Monday morning meetings. Um, I think George Floyd may have died on and correct, I know I don't have the dates right. Let's say it was on a Friday or that Thursday. So that Monday, yeah, you know, I'm clocking logging into work and they're doing their regular morning talk and no one of course, I'm the only, not the only person of color, but I'm the only Black person. Right. It might have been, like, you know, Hispanic and um, maybe Indian. But it, in this situation, you're not Black. Right. So you, you cannot relate. So being the only Black person on this Zoom call, and they're just like, how was your weekend? How was your how weekend? How was weekend? The, I was like, the... Um, this is what I'm thinking on the inside, I'm like, the whole world is like up in arms and 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 raised right now. You're like, How was your weekend? and people are like, I went for a hike and there were helicopters everywhere, and blah blah blah. And I was like,
1: I had that exact yeah, dialogue. Scary. You were you overheard it because yeah. we were, I, I had like an open floor plan loft, and literally somebody was like, Oh, so weird how many helicopters is going on wow and Y'all like, know, I
0: live in LA so you know hiking is a big deal right so it's yes. like, oh the helicopter interrupted your hike i so sorry yes, like I just really. And then one person was like yeah I went surfing it was good waves this weekend and it just it was so toned up and so insensitive and what I realized in that moment is like they're so afraid to say the wrong thing that they choose to say nothing nothing and I spoke up and I was like I'm sorry You are the leader and the management of this group. So even if you feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing and put my foot in your mouth, I'd rather you address it. Address and say, I know this is a somber time for everyone right now. If anyone needs the floor to speak on it, you can, blah, blah, blah. If you need some time for yourself, you can take it. That I would appreciate it more than how was your weekend and talk about hiking and and surfing because that is insensitive. I was so upset. And I took a day, I think, after that, because I was like, what the? Who am I working for? It showed you. Oh, and guys, this same company, when the Australian wildfires happened, you know, immediately and the the koala bears and the koala bears were dying and the trees were burning, they had a cookie sale, a cookie bake-off to donate money to Australia. So, and, and I used that as an example. I said, you guys know what to do when we the animals are dying. When, when the when the trees are burning and when the animals are dying, you guys know what to do. A black man gets killed that. by the police don't and know. You, I don't know what to say and you don't know what to do. It's a cop out. And I, I'm just like, they don't want to confront.
1: Yeah. Speaking of degrees that we air quotes don't use, what? but use all the time. <laughs> I have a sociology degree yeah. and I specialize in race and gender studies. Ah. And so I was not the one and <laughs> when <the> <laughs> when that moment happened of like can you believe their helicopters and i was like it's probably all the protesters angry at all the people dying yeah. suddenly
0: yeah. like i uh, literally
1: couldn't <laughs> even i was like that it's probably the black lives matter protest mm. because we are all afraid regardless of income mm. of getting killed by people who are sworn in to protect us But yeah, I mean, other than that, my weekend was fine. Like, I was just, like, I (laughs) just couldn't anymore. And I started this group chat with, like, the Black people on my team. And it was, like, three of us. Yeah. That group chat grew to be over 100 people. And it was just, like, invite only. Because I didn't even know how many Black people worked at the company. I thought it was, like, 10 or 20 people. Tops. It was over 100 people. That's amazing. They're, like, literally, like hidden and buried not being on camera like and then they showed up for this group chat and many of them were upper level executives Ah. and then the ceo got involved somehow of course because some of them were like hey you know, we're on company <laughs> the reality is yeah, the, company slack. It's company Slack, right? So they yeah. can talk into any private group yeah. chat at any point, and that's probably what happened. It's
2: like the, the, the blacks and then talking, I got man.
1: summoned. <laughs> I got summoned to talk to the CEO. And this is like a 1500 employee
0: company. Yeah, right. Huge. So
1: the CEO doesn't even know who I am. Right.
0: You right. know what I'm
1: saying? And now all of a sudden I'm talking to him. The only time I ever spoke to him was at a christmas party where he very blindly said thank you for your work and like oh, i had to introduce myself to him you know yeah, so now yeah. i'm now i'm not only talking to him one-on-one but like educating him and coaching him now yeah. so the yeah. whole dynamic flipped and i literally threw together a presentation she literally
2: did she was threw i threw it
1: together She was like slides? why don't you talk to kabir i was like oh we yeah
2: that. Yeah, oh. slides. Yeah. See, I mean, she didn't
0: have music. I mean, she had right? <laughs> the, pendu- the pendulum swing and all that, where it was the insensitive insensitivity. I didn't know. I didn't want to say anything wrong. To then the overly, like, what can we do to help? And how can we be more of an ally to you? And it's just like, oh my God. You it know felt the so answer forced. to this. It felt so forced and so corny that now all of my white friends want to be more of a. How can we, and I'm like, just Where were y'all don't the be a jerk, maybe, and, like, just be aware and be vocal. That's it. You don't have to now put on some weird I love black people t-shirt. Like, right. it's a, it was a weird time. Um like, to your people. Talk to your,
1: your mom and your grandfather. Yeah, they're
2: not listening to us. They're not going to hear us. Right. If, if someone is, like conservative which is the, the new name for like we racist yeah like
0: racist
2: ideology or they're older that's it they're a yeah. party. right I mean, it's
0: really like you said it's the older generation our young our peers like our mm-hmm. white friends they're cool they're the homies mm-hmm. for the most part right like they're not the ones that really um if they're truly your friend i would say they're not the ones that we have to school like you said mm-hmm. they have to talk to their mommy and their grandma and their grandpa at the dinner table they're the ones that are not on board or not understanding like what's the big deal about da 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 so no. it was a time. It, it time it was so crazy it's
2: also it's very similar to um like men who are feminists because like
1: yeah around
2: you we can have this conversation i know how to move and whatnot but it's like what re- really is the, the, what shows is stuff that y'all won't ever see is when i'm around when i'm in a group chat with my fantasy football league or where yes. i'm like mm-hmm. at, at somewhere else or where i'm somewhere where it's a male dominated space and stuff is being said, stuff is being done and jokes are being made. And that's when the person has to like, kind of like be the ostracized one. You have to be the one who's talking for like, you're advocating for other people. Yeah. It's an uncomfortable, un- uncomfortable place to be in. Right. But it is like, it's very important. It's, it's vital actually, because if a person doesn't respect a person like a gender or a race, they're not going to hear what they say. It's not going to matter.
1: Yeah. You know, it has to come yeah. from
2: within that other community.
1: Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean even when we like when we're on our first year it's mm-hmm. so funny because we've now for the first time now on our website it clearly states like we're a black owned business just, yeah. states, <laughs> just in case you're like blind. <laughs> <laughs> Before we've never yeah. said that because I was like what you mean like obviously like we never like addressed we always it. Right?
2: Show up, remember, yeah. We were
1: always so like present So I was like, oh, it goes without saying. And we were like shopping around for business mentors to help us like structure our offer. Yeah. And, and literally, this white lady said, "Well, we need to figure out what differentiates you other than being a black-owned business." And I was like, "What?" <laughs>
0: She's like, yeah, that's cool and all, but...
1: That's cool. I was like, first of all, <laughs> that's not even our positioning. That's positioning. That's like our positioning. positioning is the bright colors yeah. and the messy sloppy and all that. That's our positioning, first of all, do your research. And secondly, what do you mean other than... But that's I was all like, she saw. That's all she saw. And I was yeah. like, that's not how I see myself. Like, yeah. I see us as a safe space. I see us as doing great work. I see us as treating other content creators like the way they've always wanted to be treated. Yeah. And ultimately, I just want to be a full-time creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. I just yeah. want to give myself the shot. That's what it really boils down to. And mm-hmm. the fact that you think that I'm positioning myself as being a black person mm-hmm. just goes to show how you view black people in general. Like I can't yeah. help being black. Like, yeah. It's but not also, cured.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, but also if this happened after George Floyd, it was the whole support Black businesses. So it it became very token, kind of like a niche thing. So that's why she probably was like, besides being a Black business, like it was very dismissive because like that was just a stamp now. Like support small and support Black. And so it just seems like a stamp to her. So she's like, besides that, you know tell me how you're different but it's like you can't just dismiss that and yes this is a wave of support now and we're going to ride that wave you know we're going to ride
1: that wave as we should and this is like in response to being in a drought being in a desert yeah you know what I mean so and it was like I'm walking away from air quotes safety Mm -hmm. I'm walking but what I was really walking away from was feeling stifled we were walking away from having to work with people that we don't even want to talk to let alone work with you know we're walking away from not feeling heard not advocating for ourselves there's so many things that starting this agency like enabled for us even when we're in the broke phase or whatever yeah. and just even thinking about okay day to day when i wake up in the morning what do i do talk to people i want to talk to mm-hmm. work with people i want to work with and yeah. do work that i love and broke or rich Whatever that is, that is qualitatively a better life than what yeah. I was doing before. Yeah.
0: That's powerful. Yeah.
1: It's so powerful. So it's it's just it was such a crazy time to do that. And it's like I hate that it took like tragedy to, for me yeah. to like take a step back and be like, yeah. what is this? But mm-hmm. that is that was our story. So it's so interesting how yeah. you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, that whole time, the pandemic and um you know, lockdown, it's like you said, it slowed everybody down, made you reevaluate and refocus or energize you to do something different or better. Um, I definitely did well during the pandemic and I almost felt guilty that yeah. I was doing well during a pandemic because literally you're watching the news and people are standing in line at food banks. I was getting able to not only stay employed, but I work with food for a living. So the food that I styled was now dinner for me and my husband. So it was like I was saving and making money. The world shut down. We can't fly and travel anywhere. Like, it was was okay. People were getting divorced. It was like me and my husband were doing dance things and TikTok. Like, we were having a good time. And it was like I said, I was having almost guilt that we were doing okay. Like, I felt like we were supposed to struggle like everybody else. And when everything reopened and we joked and said, shut it down again. Shut it down. (laughs) It was an okay time for us. So, but... Now nah, we're on I the
2: other side. I didn't feel that. that kind of, I guess it's survivor's guilt. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what always, it felt like. Yeah, because yeah. always if you, and I have friends who like have, have passed, who was like overdosed, and people who have like taken mm. their own lives. Well, now you feel like I was right there. All that, yeah. I feel, you can just do like one more thing. And my sister is like struggles with addiction, has like my whole life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And she's, she was around the for a couple of years recently, but then she like relapsed again, and now we don't really see her. And so there's always, we talk about this like all the time. (laughs) Like it's it's something that I've felt as as I come stepping more into like my adulthood and more into more me, into more my actual self and doing things that are really important to me and like, you know, like not letting stuff like slide and being like, oh, I wish I could do this one day. My life is is so much not like that anymore that this is one thing where I feel like I could just like scoop her up and just save her. And yeah. when, you, when you're when you kind of faced with that, you really, there's no, I have no release for that. There's no like release from that because it, it'll it be like my life now.
1: Yeah. I was
2: like, life, we will be taking care, taking care of her. And she's like, she's older than us. She's like 50 something now.
1: Yeah. So it, it, it,
2: it was my life taking care of her. And like I've tried, my mom has tried, my sister, has, other sisters have tried. Like we've all been there for her, but it, it just doesn't feel like it's enough. And so, it's just always, the thing about it, it's just, like, it's something that's always, like, okay, because there's no solution to it, it's no really like, thing to, like, yeah.
0: there's no, like, real
2: resolution of it, because, like, in yeah. same way that if you are, I think mean, as long as you're not stepping on other people to get your success, yeah. you're yeah. No guilty for being successful, and people, like, aren't successful, or people are kind of struggling, because there's always something you can do to help, but, like, you can probably you can donate, you can talk to people if you want to, you can, like, there's always something to be done. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I don't think these can be done out of guilt, but
1: and it's needed, right? Yeah. It's like us, like especially when we moved to LA, yeah. and I saw the other agencies out here, and I looked at their their team. Look at our team, yeah. and you uh-huh. see who's on the team, and you're like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like when we're gro- when we're a grown up business, like when we're ten years in, mm-hmm. look at our team. Yeah. What it's like. People need that. Like someone yeah. else who might've just started their career, who's going to be a mid-level, senior level by the time we're like decade in, they need us to exist. It's like, for me, when the guilt comes up, that's what I think about is mm. like the people who are like hoping and praying for that dream job and that they're talking about our company. Mm. It's like yeah. all of these things need to happen mm. first. And so I'm like, I'm obligated. To do that. I'm obligated to
0: be a Black-owned creative agency. <laughs> yes. Cut congrats out, congrats to you guys. Because <laughs> like I said, this industry, food media, is predominantly Caucasian. And in food styling, it's white women. Um, and food styling is still considered a young industry. I think it started like in the 70s. That's very yeah. really young, You know, so <clears throat> as they say, they're gatekeeping. So if you do assist with them... You know, they make sure you're assisting, you're like chopping up lettuce and stuff in the back. They don't they're not as inclined to show you tips and tricks and things like mm-hmm. that. So it, that's why I said it. it's hard to break in. So it's and when you said you see these other agencies and when you see the team, meet the team, it's like all white and like two Asians, you know. Yes. And that's very LA. That's very LA, white and Asian, right? Sure, and yeah. and so and when I'm on set, I'm usually the only. It depends. I'm usually either the only Black person or one or two might be like the sound guy or the uh, <laughs> the light guy, you know. But when I, I was able to do a Disney shoot, but this Disney shoot was highlighting um, Lion King, Disney, Lion King, whatever anniversary. So when I was doing the shoot... Disney made sure they requested everybody on the set be black. So it was an amazing experience from food stylist to the director, to VP, cinematographer, the lighting, everybody was black. It was beautiful. We all took a picture at the end of that shoot, but yes, this industry is not a lot of us so if we can make our mark and like lift up the next person I, I mean that's great that's why I try to when people are in my DM or email me I want to be a food sauce I, I try and make sure I respond even if I can't literally help them or offer them any gigs to shadow I try and respond because I know what that's like to um, I remember when I was emailing stylists and they didn't give me a chance and stuff like that, but if they're definitely, if they're black and they email me, I try and give them tips and tell them a little bit my background and just let them know that they're heard that their email didn't just go to some of this, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, I, I try and do that
2: i'm like let me just respond
0: yes. Yeah, yeah let's you. just We're just respond and like when you guys hit me up i was like oh my gosh black people that doing a food you know a podcast they're in the culinary mm-hmm. media world it's like you gotta you know be a part of it so
2: totally it. Yeah. i also think as i say one last thing about um gatekeeping i i, yeah. I think showing stuff i think that is a that is the that's some coward shit I mm-hmm. think gatekeeping is the ultimate scary. I'm like, but if they know what I'll do, then it'll be less special.
0: No. Yeah. No,
2: like Beyonce can teach people how to sing and dance all the time.
0: Then they'll not, be not be awesome. right, right. and they'll never leave her. Right, right. And then it's YouTube University. So if they feel yeah. like, I don't want to show you, it's like I can truly go on YouTube and almost learn anything. It's mm-hmm. practical. Like you have to actually practice to be great. You know, you can have all the tools and have all these things, but you have to practice and have that experience to do it. But I don't know. Uh, Now I'm grateful that I'm, I'm usually the lead on these shoots. So Mm. I'm the person that is assisting and and having someone help me. So I'm not usually working under another stylist anymore. And if I do, it's usually like a friend of mine, because it's a small network of us here in LA that are black food stylists and and media people. And we're all in a chat. And so we help each other out. So if Mm. I assist, it's probably one of my chef friends, you know? (laughs) Um, And that's where I feel comfortable because, um, assisting now not that oh i'm too good to assist but it's like it has to benefit and it have to be able to grow from that experience um, right and if i feel like it's just someone just trying to make me wash dishes and stuff like that i'm like no that's okay no thank you because i want to make sure that my talent but i want to make sure that my talent is being utilized and me yeah. washing dishes or running to the grocery store to pick up vegetables that's not my talent like that's mm-hmm. i don't i'm not doing that so oh my <laughs> god i just love so <laughs> i love that
1: that's okay. I'm going to use that. Yeah. I was like, that's not my, this is not my right.
0: I'm just Right. Not my- <laughs> As you get to a certain age and all the stuff you've learned and all things yeah. you do, it's like, it's not the title part, it's not a big deal. It's like, how are you utilizing my talent? Yes. And if it's not being used and it's menial things, menial, then you need to find someone that is of that skill set or that experience level where they're just trying to break in and yeah, I'll go through shop and I'll wash dishes. But it's like, no, I, I like when stylists or chef friends hit me up because they're like, Rose is super talented at this, at plating and making things beautiful. I want to book you to assist me on this dinner party so you can make sure my food looks amazing. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll come assist you and we'll rock this dinner party out. Yes, I want to book Chef Rose because da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yes, I'll do that. Like that makes me feel need it and like yes. like you're really utilizing you know my skill set so that's that's where i am now like i love that i love that <laughs> well, love about
2: it is that when you talk about your talent it's like oh i'm not even give me to go to the store i'm not even good at it i, I mess it up <laughs> this is, i i wouldn't even watch this as well you to yes. oh, just... well
0: it'd be a waste like you don't book me yeah. to run to the grocery store and wash yeah. dishes like I'm no i'd but rather stay is... home no honestly i'd rather stay home on a couch like it's so true and Mm -hmm. with the with the gatekeeping thing Mm -hmm. I think
1: it does reflect how they view themselves ultimately maybe because because deep down inside you carry the belief Mm -hmm. that your talent isn't can't stand the increase in in other people's talent or being surrounded and with other perspectives, because if you really genuinely believed in your talent, yeah. then other people shining their light wouldn't dim yours. Right. Yeah, right. So it really that un, that underlying belief, no matter how powerful they are, if they're still exercising their power in that way, then that belief is there. Because when you're super confident in what you do, then like you just get excited that other people get the opportunity yeah. to yeah. do the same thing. And when we were in business and we started hiring for different products for the first time, it is so hard to take what you do and have someone replicate it. When we get mentors and they're like, do this. And we do it and we get dramatically different results. It is so hard to replicate results. And Mm -hmm. we know that we know that. So I'm just like, you can try to copy what I do. Yeah, like, sure. yeah. It'll never turn, like, it is so, like, if if you really truly replicate what I do and truly replicate my results, at this point, I just have to applaud yeah. because yeah. Yeah. I know how hard it is to do that. And so I'm, mm-hmm. just, I'm not concerned about that. Maybe there will be a time where I mm-hmm. have a lawyer who's walking around making sure we don't have to hand out cease and desist. <laughs> yeah. But at this stage, yeah. it's just like, it's just so hard. Like, they can copy, sure, but it's, like, will they get the results yeah. that I, I got?
0: And I think the additional thing about the sharing, the information you know, like, pass it down. Sh- help help the next person. Because, you, like you said, you're not going to be just like me. Your, your skill set is not going to be just like me, but I can teach you the tools and things like that. And also, what yeah. I've learned about this industry, talent can only get you so far. Mm. I when and i say that saying that ultimately people book you because they're booking you they right. like they like working with you they like your personality you're a people person all of that sometimes can outweigh talent mm-hmm. um because i i've been on set and they'll talk about oh when we worked with this food stylist previously she was horrible meaning like her mm-hmm. attitude so and I say all that to say, like, that's why you can still teach another person coming up your, your skill set or tricks and tips and stuff like that. Because sometimes people book you because they like you. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm just as talented as maybe another food stylist that has the same uh, background and stuff as me. But maybe her personality is not as pleasant. And, and maybe they had a bad experience, left a left bad taste in the client's mouth. Who are they going to go with? You know what I mean? So we can all look good on resume, but then when you interact on, on set and you're shaking hands and you're rubbing elbows, that's the lasting effect because there's so many talented people, but there's a lot of people that aren't people, people, what am I trying to say? People, people, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there, you know, can be um, antisocial or more people that are in the back. And I can be an introvert at times, but hey, when I'm on set, I'm out and about, wow. I'm saying, hey, what's up, hi, laugh, kiki, all that stuff, and go have lunch outside on the patio with them because that's the lasting stuff that they're going to remember. They right. can meet 10 stylists that can do a beautiful turkey, but did that girl come and interact with us? Did she have drinks with us after work? Blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. You know?
2: Energy. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm. That's important too. That's, yeah. And that's, I think with any industry, right? choosing Yeah. Yes. People it's
1: relationship building. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Just, that's
0: our entire... Just yeah. having
1: one
2: drink yeah. and then just talking and drinking water everything after that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. If want to know that you yeah. are... That you're, like, kind of in the mud, too. Like, you're kind of, like, one of the, like, just that humanness of it. People yeah. People like still want yeah. that and, like, pray for that. And right. We do the, um, with our chef highlights that we do, we people come here. Surprisingly, people just come here at the house. I'm like, we can go to the kitchen. They're like, oh, we'll just come to your house. I'm like, great. Cool. I love that. So, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're already friends. So, yeah. and, <laughs> and they come here, and we spend time watching them make a dish, and they talk about the dish and the inspiration behind it, and we learned, we learned a new dish up the day. It's, like, um, the Georgian flatbread and with the egg in the middle and the cheese and the sauce and everything and it's great and it's just that's when we when we moved here because we moved in January so we're still we not even here here yet we moved in January the first half of the year it was like behind a computer like banging my head against the screen yeah you know, so much like why is not it working yeah and so we started to like touch like kind of meet people and have them and do like the other features we started with Juneteenth and do that more so we started to like our community, everything's got to like move more. And then also we felt like we were doing more because we had, we had to make all these connections and just planting more seeds. You just never know what yeah. they can tell you, you know? Yeah. yeah. And,
0: and this is a freelance, independent kind of industry. So mm. you have to work harder to build connection because it's not coworkers, right? It's right. like the, the one, you could do one shoot and that's the one time you work with them. You want to make a lasting impression. So you get so that you get that booking again. So true. Is it, yeah. time? Is it time. It is time. It's, it's time,
1: time for bops. Bops. Banger. Okay, okay. <laughs> or bops. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Okay,
0: okay." I, I know. <laughs> I'm like, "Here we go." <laughs> <laughs>
2: awesome. yeah. Okay, I saw one, you went first last time. I think you go first.
0: Okay, you go first, yeah.
2: Okay. okay. Um just again for everybody who's maybe the new listeners we have, this is Boss Banger's a bus, this is a rating game. Uh Banger is 10 out of 10, amazing. I love it. I'll be to work late because the song's on the radio. Okay. Um, a bus is I'll go to work early just to clock in because I'm tired to listen to the song.
0: bop is somewhere in the middle.
2: You know, it's not for me, but I love people who no, take care of that. So Okay.
0: Bangers, uh, bops, and bust. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
2: So the, huh, first. No, I'm not ready. Okay. Bops, bangers, and or bust. Oranges.
0: Just oranges in general. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, bangers. bangers! Yeah, yes, Large. yes, yeah. Cute little citrus, yeah well, little orange.
2: It's so like edible to you. It's like it's like it is ready. So Easy. Ready. I'll it
1: a bar. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I feed it to my daughter all the time. She's yeah. orange, orange, orange. Yeah.
2: Love <laughs> that. Yeah. For you, yeah, because mango's delicious, but it's like you got to commit. It's a commitment.
0: Oh gosh, yes, <laughs> it's a commitment and a mess. <laughs>
1: So last time we played Bob's Bangers or Bust somebody was like I thought it was going to be like actionable things and I was like it could be actionable things so I have an actionable thing so Bob's Bangers are Bust drinking ice water
0: oh my gosh bangers Colder the better for me. I hate room temperature water. <laughs> Although room temperature water is better for your digestion, I know that. Yes. Um, and when you first wake up in the morning, you want room temp water on an empty stomach. Great, but preference. I like ice cold water, especially after you work out.
2: Yeah. Mm. Well, they say the um, the taste, the flavor of the water is dictated by the temperature. Yeah. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> I don't know, but ice cold. Yay. Okay
2: uh, on top of the water, Boss Bangers the Bus, sparkling water.
0: Oh, yeah. I uh, Oh, sparkling bangers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Of I mean, not like LaCroix fingers. or anything like that. Like, But sparkling in general. Yeah. And especially if you're doing a mocktail, which mm. I had to do when mm. I was pregnant and mm. I was still traveling and wanted to feel like I want to of have a cool drink, you know, Please. put the sparkling water in your cranberry juice. And now it's a mocktail
1: now it's a vibe yeah, yeah. we
2: had um there like for our wedding we had somebody who didn't drink and we had a mocktail just for them and like we yeah. made like it was like them and one person we made the whole thing we had these little like who's your mom and it was yeah norma and norma yeah, and norma, yeah. Was, like, we, so we had those and it was like we made some fresh sweets lemonade and we had some other stuff in it and,
0: oh yeah i was
2: like what's, what's that what's that i was like no 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 it's not for y'all
0: and i think yeah. that's
2: how you bring people in who are like Different like dietary restrictions or different health stuff going on. Mm-hmm. It's like make something else for them that's exciting and make, make them feel like they're yeah, the like they're yeah. not missing out on anything. <laughs> they're yeah, not
1: missing out. yeah. that was yeah. the funny part because people just wanted to spike. Like, oh yeah, where's the? Where's the <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is for the only person who is not getting <laughs> yeah
0: drunk right,
1: right now. Right now you want to drink they- it and,
0: and feel like okay, I don't miss the alcohol. This is really yeah, good. This is good. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, sparkling <laughs> water banger.
1: Bops, bangers, or bust swimming in the ocean.
0: Oh god. <laughs> uh, bust. <laughs> <laughs> and that for me is just, and I'm a swimmer. I was I used to swim in high school. I love the water. I love to swim, but I'm more of a pool girl, mm. just for the sake that you can see, right? The ocean mm. is just too dark and scary. Now, I've been out there, you know, vacation. My husband's trying to pull me deeper and hey, let's go further in. And the whole time, I'm not happy. I'll do it, but I'm not happy. I've been on jet skis out there, falling off the jet ski in the deep, deep end. And just, I of course, like I said, I could swim, but freaking out because of the unknown. Same yeah. So the ocean, because of the unknown and the depths and how dark, it is scary to swim. I can't swim calmly and comfortably i'm always like let's go back or let's okay. get out you know mm-hmm. so would- that's a bus for me that's not something i want to do now if you're in the caribbean and you got the clear okay i'll do that but even still i'm like uh what's that you know <laughs> like something just brushed past you <laughs> what, what's, what's that what's that you know
1: how yeah. can you relax
0: swimming when like seaweeds touching you and something else is grazing you like i don't want nothing touching me
1: you are literally preaching to the congregation that I'm is like, tabari right now <laughs> it's fun We jump everyone in the water I mean,
2: before we moved here i didn't even swim you know like i just learned how to swim this year Oh, and wow. then so I was yes. like water here, and then we got to the water. I was like, you know, get my toes in, stay in the water. Just got closer and closer to the water, and I was like having the cold under my feet and whatever. And then we're like one day we're just like in our shorts and we're like walking in the ocean. It's hot. It's like okay, we've we'll been here. Let me just try it out. And then just the fucking seaweed just comes right on my leg. Yeah. And, and you know
0: me. it's seaweed, but it's still freaking I'm you out. I don't
2: know. It don't even matter. He said, have said these plain it's the first time she saw me scared.
1: Yeah, like, it was. I was like, ah, how can you relax? relax. I step in, jumping out the water. I might be in though. I'm like he screamed. I did not scream. He screamed with it was the fear in his voice. And I was and then in that moment I was like. I, I guess I've never seen you scared because, like, w- what disaster we faced? You know, yeah. nothing, you like, know? Scared all the time. And he <laughs> shrieked, like, shrieked, you know? Anyway. And I was just like, oh my God, right. you okay. are genuinely okay. Okay, sure. if, you, you are genuinely afraid right now. <laughs> right now. And, I, yeah. and at that point, I just let him go so hang up by the sand because I was like, if you are beach, genuinely yeah. afraid, gen- then I can't, I don't want to put, I don't want to, like, make you uncomfortable but I was right. like yeah I'm like you weren't lying like it wasn't just like a, oh it's weird it was like oh this get me off the ride turn the plane around like because I'm
2: trying not to freak out but it's too late yeah and I generally I, it was, I guess it's one yeah. of the things where I normally handle my anxiety or my freak outs in yeah. a different way because I'm not like it doesn't trigger my danger sense that I'm like in danger physically yeah
1: you felt in danger <laughs> yeah. by the seaweed <laughs>
0: Yep. No, thank you. And no, thank you. The
1: like, kiwi jeebies but mm. like I'm not afraid of it. I'm, I'm afraid of jellyfish. Well, see,
0: but like I was saying, it's not so because we're we're knowledgeable that this is seaweed brushing up against me. But because you're in this vast ocean and you feel that brushing, your mind is still kind of like, you know, what is that? Yeah. What is this? And it's gross. And my husband's like, it's natural. Just exfoliate. Just you know, he's trying to mind trick. <laughs> he's trying to mind trick me and I'm like no and then you might step on a seashell but is it a seashell like or so much of like what is this and what is that and what is this you're in the pool you're in the pool that's it yeah so it's Mm -hmm. a no it's a no for me. Like I said, I'll go out just to splish fast a little bit, just sure. to entertain the fact that we're at a beach. I'll be on jet skis, but ultimately I'm just like, where's the pool? You <laughs> said to entertain. Where that is the bottom? <laughs> like, yeah, because I don't want, right. I don't want life to pass me by. And I just kept saying no to stuff. My husband yeah. is way more adventurous than me. You know, cliff dive, jumped out of airplanes. Like he's like that person. So I don't mm. want to go through life with him always dragging me. So I try sure. and say yes. You know, we did the cenotes in Mexico, jumped in that and like, okay, I'll do those things just for like, really for him. But do I want to do it on my own? Probably not.
1: (laughs) I think for me, it's like, I don't think it's that I'm adventurous. It's that I, I'm willing to sacrifice because I want the experience so much. Like I'm learning to swim in the ocean and I'm learning to do those other things. And I want to eventually learn how to dive Mm -hmm. because I don't want my not being able to swim in the ocean stop me from Mm -hmm. seeing, from having those experiences. So it's like there's this thing in the way that
0: I need to get out of the way in order to have
1: this experience. And I feel like that's my thing. But like,
0: and I think that's kind of what I was saying, too. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm like, it's not really my thing, but hey, we're here. Mm-hmm. It's an experience. I'm going to go do whatever, but I'm going to head back to the... <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: going to be a uh, in my own life. Yeah, you know. know? Right. Yeah. Is it your turn? I just went. You just
0: went? Okay.
1: You just like, yeah. I thought I just went. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that was the last
2: one. That's it.
0: That's three. Yeah, that's it. We're done.
1: That oh, <laughs> <it was> three. <laughs> you win. Yeah, that's three. Yeah, and I know the baby's like,
0: I'm watching her. Like, me. It's so funny. She That's was okay. watching
1: That's TV looking. and so animated it felt Good like somebody watching country. like a football yeah. game. Yeah.
0: Oh, hey doggy. <laughs> 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 kind of
1: yeah, she waved her tail at you. Aww, so, hi. <laughs> I know she can't hear me. Okay. <laughs> I feel your
2: presence. Okay. Uh, Rose Claire, where can people find you?
0: Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Chef Rose Claire Marie. Um, and my website, com. Anything
2: you got coming up with this episode will come out next week. Anything you want to plug coming up soon? Uh, Any events? Or? let
0: me see. No events or anything. Um, A lot of my work sometimes are dropped like digital commercials. So it's kind of hard to say like, look out for this because it'll just, it could just be like on who you're watching Hulu and a commercial could pop up and maybe I styled something in that pot. So I don't have anything major, like a TV show or anything. That's a sector that I haven't really got into TV and film. Mm But um, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah, but as you're um, strolling on the Internet, you'll probably see commercials or ads pop up for our place um, that I've worked on. Um, and also I did do a big commercial for Michelle Syrup that should be dropping and that's going to be like on BET and things like that. So that was a huge commercial. Yay. Yeah. Thanks, oh guys. No, so cool. Yeah. I hope I was able to shed some light and give some tips or well, not tips but kind of more background info and at least one journey of becoming a food stylist and a culinary producer so yeah
2: i love absolutely. it absolutely i love you yeah it's actually the same conversation like offline and just kind of keep keep the connection going so
1: sure yeah,
2: i thought like there's a lot of similar similarities overlap yeah your absolutely. and, you and your, you're your partner in like our journey too so
1: yeah,
0: yeah. awesome thank you guys see y'all in the next episode (laughs) Bye. all right bye-bye
2: thank y'all so much for listening to this episode and rocking with us if you really like the episode please leave us a five-star review every review means so much to us